Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of Prop Swap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got a, another great episode for you. Uh, we will discuss the end of the Packers run, uh, the Bengals being crowned AFC North champions, however, not playing all of their games. Uh, but first, we will start with what was an exciting, thrilling college football championship. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that was uh, quite the blowout. Um, when when did you know the game was over? <laughs> Uh, honestly, that's that's in Bennett untouched run. I think that was the second touchdown. I was just like, oh boy, like if that if that boy is running untouched to the end zone, who's not the swiftest of foot, we're gonna have a tough time stopping this freight train named the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, um, I think it was at some point, and I think it was the end of the first quarter. The the live money line was like Georgia minus forty five hundred, um, <laughs> and then I think the I think they took down the money line live before halftime. I mean it was it was uh, it was quite the blowout, but uh, still it is worth noting that TCU, uh, the biggest underdog to ever reach the college football championship. So uh, I mean definitely not a uh, disappointing season by by any means. They were two hundred to one entering the season. Uh, and, uh, you know, as we, as we talked about last week, uh, just yet another example of uh, a long, sh- a preseason long shot, uh, getting all the way to the championship, but then, you know, just, just kind of running out of steam and, and running into a, a better team in the end. Yeah. I mean, like what, what Sonny Dykes did and, um, in his first year there turning a team that was, uh, under 500 last year and picked to finish like sixth or seventh in the big 12, a lowly conference as is like incredible like i I, to me doesn't matter how that finished like the journey to get to that point is just so impressive um for a first year head coach so uh, incredible run and um you know from a from a prop swap perspective you know 2022 we talked about this last episode but just real quick like 2022 was the year of the long shots getting really really close and to your point just running out of gas Right. And, you know, last year, Cincinnati Bengals were 301. They lose to the LA Rams in the Super Bowl. A $100 bet of 301 would have sold for 11500 on PropSwap. And many tickets did get sold on PropSwap last year before the Super Bowl. Um, joining UNC, 101. They lose to Kansas. Boston Celtics, 101. They lose to Golden State Warriors. Philadelphia Phillies, 101. They lose to the Houston Astros. Like, it just literally happened in every major sport last year where this teams, these teams run out of gas. And that's literally exactly why we started this website, you know, in 2000 started kicking around 2013 and went live in 2015, like fast forward seven years. And it's exactly why we started the service. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was going to say nothing has changed, but I would say something has changed. The fact that it just seems like it's just more and more like, uh, more great. I mean, no, what, what sports fan doesn't want parody, right? I think it makes everything more, way more exciting. And, and to finally see some parody in college football, I think is, is, is great. Um, one, one, you know, positive, uh, no, notable story though, uh, I want to mention, you know, cause Georgia, obviously they were a, a big favorite, but you know, they weren't, and, and they kept pounding this uh, in the in the post game uh, that everyone doubted them. I, I would I would disagree that everyone doubted them, but they definitely weren't everyone's pick to win it. Um, but um, 
there was a prop swap customer who placed a $100 three-leg parlay, and this was so long ago. The The first leg involved a Rams-Bengals Super Bowl prop, right? So this was placed last February. Uh, first leg was a Rams-Bengals Super Bowl prop. The second leg was Warriors to win the NBA Finals, and the final leg was Georgia to win the title. He sold that $100 ticket in September for $660, odds of 4-1 to one for the buyer, and the buyer actually purchased that ticket during the Alabama-Texas game, uh, which, if you recall, Alabama barely won. And it was kind of everyone's first indication that Bama might not have it this year, uh, although it was kind of a low-scoring game, and, and Bama's Achilles heel ended up being their their defense uh, and just giving up a ton of points to Tennessee and LSU. But I think that was everyone's kind of first, like, wait, maybe Bama's not going to just you know run it back like we all assume. Um and then the customer who bought that ticket for 660 resold it in November for $1,750. So a profit of almost 1100 uh, for that customer. Uh, and then that buyer, uh, the, the last buyer ended up, you know, went on to collect uh, $3,300 on, on Monday night. So uh, that is a another great you know, there, there was great TCU's examples, but that's also a, a great Georgia example where uh, two different sales of the same ticket, everyone made money. Uh, in fact, uh, yeah, everyone, no, yeah, the first buyer made uh, 550, second buyer, yeah, the first original customer made 550, the second customer made almost 1100, and then the third customer made 2200. So everyone makes money. Um, just another uh, great, great example. Yeah, and honestly, looking back at the time, I completely agree with the logic on both of those sales. Like, at the at the time, that Bama team looked like they didn't have it, so it's like, okay, like let me lock in some cash on Georgia. And then again, fast forward to November, like I honestly thought SC might have a chance to do this. And at the time in November, like Ohio State was rolling as well. Like both of those two teams were very much live. Of course, Ohio State ends up losing to Michigan and, and basically a route. Um, but at, at the time in November, like SC and, and, um, and Ohio state were very much live. So I, I understand the logic for both of those transactions. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, I guess, and I was gonna say Clemson was, was not limited yet. Although Clemson also was a team that sure that, that, that didn't have it, but, um, the Lager Lilele is just awful. Transferring to the Pac-12 though. So yeah, Pac-12 next year had a. I went to a, a wedding from uh, all University of Arizona kids this weekend in Austin and some Pac-12 football players. And we're talking about the – think of the list of the quarterbacks that are going to be in the Pac-12 next year, like Bo Nix and, um, you know, Williams and um, uh, Awagalale. I think he's going to Washington. or Oregon State, I think. Is it? Is it? Okay. Um, and Sorry, then, I should have said before the podcast, but just really, really good list of Pac-12 quarterbacks next year um so we'll yeah, see what they and pull uh out. and 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 deon sanders to colorado uh and his kid uh, yes. is gonna be quarterback yes uh so yeah no um yeah listen as, as two people from the pac-12 we we gotta celebrate uh or anything oregon oregon state is the answer sorry for yeah. my research in before um yeah as pac-12 people we have to uh celebrate anything we can and if that's uh talking <laughs> about the quarterbacks uh seven months in advance then uh, so be it <laughs> um Moving on to uh, to NFL, um, if you've listened to this podcast before, uh, you are we've we've talked about this crazy parlay um, where uh, we've had uh, multiple you know 
interactions with the seller. He's inquired many times throughout the history of this parlay uh, to see, you know, what what the market value would be uh, each time along the road. He's decided to hang on to it, and uh, it finally cashed uh, in, you know, albeit uh, not, you know, it wasn't uh, – it, it could have been – it, it, it cashed – uh, due to a, a tie, but let me just let me just get into this parlay if, if you're not familiar. So um, it uh, also a hundred dollar bet amount. Uh, it started with uh, the Warriors over the Celtics uh, in June. Then uh, Cam Smith to win the British Open, where which he got eighteen to one odds on that. Uh, the Braves to win the NL East, which I'm just going to pause there for a second. Uh, if you don't recall, the Braves were down 10 and a half games to the Mets in the division in June. Uh, and then uh, with about five weeks left to go in the season, uh, you know, they were down, I think like four or five games, but their odds at the sports books were nine to one to win the NL East uh, in, in August that ended up winning. And then the last leg was Bengals to win the AFC North a uh, hundred dollar bet to win $91,000. Uh, and we have been talking to the seller probably starting in in August, July, maybe. I I, I can't exactly recall. Yeah, but July, July. Uh, and I, I remember, you know, I there was market values at one point that were as low as like nine thousand dollars on this thing, right? Given where the Braves were, uh, and then once the Braves clinched, then it went up to about thirty thirty five thousand. Uh, Bengals at that point were still underdogs to the Ravens, uh, but then this Lamar Jackson injury. Plus, just the Bengals, you know, finding their form, it just switched. And uh, I think at that point, once the Bengals took, you know, tied in the division, like there was no looking back for this customer. I mean, he was, I mean, I, I couldn't believe some of the things he was saying when the with the Braves, where he was very confident that the Braves would come back and win when they were down seven, eight games in, in that division. Completely. Um, uh, one of the best bets of the year. Um, it just, you know, uh, We've talked about it multiple times in this podcast, but it bears repeating because literally just there's so many stories within that same parlay that are incredible. Like you just mentioned, the Braves with a historic comeback. His logic was the Mets are going to met. It was it was pretty simple. Like he just this is a team that just chokes constantly. And um, just because Steve Cohen, the the asset manager, took over the team, like they're still going to choke. So he he was completely correct. That's exactly what happened. And um, yeah, you know, I think uh, and him and I discussed this. Literally, you to me, it was injury risk. Like, whichever team between the Bengals and the Ravens could stay the healthiest, like, that's who's going to win. And I was like, look, like, Burrow has torn, like, had a leg injury before, and he hasn't been able to finish the season. So, like, there's risk there. Just, like, bear that in mind. And what ended up happening was the flip side, where Lamar gets hurt and Burrow stays healthy. And that's literally all that needed to happen because they're very similar teams, in my opinion. Um, the, the Bengals have looked awful without um Lamar but you know we'll see if he plays this weekend but um you know it was it was just the, the you flip a coin a hundred times and I think one quarterback stays healthy the other one doesn't it's football it happens every year and uh and he was right so just just awesome I, and I literally texted him this morning um saying congrats and uh we'll, we'll, I'm sure we can have him on on the podcast just kind of telling his point of view he, he'd love to uh tell the story so we'll, we'll work on that for uh, this year yeah no um Great, great ticket. Four different sports. Uh, the Cam Smith eighteen to one long shot should also not be uh, o overlooked. And right. uh, yeah, just uh, the the confidence to to stick through it um, is uh, is is just very. I don't know. It's it's great. I, I don't I don't know if I would have had the same um, the, 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 the the same confidence in, in the Braves come back, but yeah. Uh, 
and I'll let him tell the story, but, and, and we've mentioned this on the pod, so this isn't breaking news, but he has multiple parlays. You know, he followed up those, that uh, initial four leg with like Bengals parlayed with Georgia or, you know, Bengals parlayed with, you know, like Eagles from the NFC. Like he's, he made some other legs so that um, if it does lose, he still is, you know, alive with, with some other outcomes. So he, he, he did make some hedge bets. That's great. Uh, I, I actually don't think I, I, I knew that, but um, yeah, would, would love to have him on the pod and, uh, and discuss further. Um, but speaking of the Bengals, though, so uh, as I mentioned, um, as I'm sure everyone is aware, the, the, the Bengals-Bills games was, was basically called in a draw, uh, just kind of a, like, like, a, like a no contest, uh, which did not have any uh, effect on the division, um, although even before the Bengals beat the Ravens in the last week, they were named the division champions, but I feel like winning that last game really sealed it. But the Bengals were going to be crowned AFC North champions, uh, no matter what the result of that, uh, I guess Bengals bills games was. Um, but it that, that game getting called off did affect season win total bets. And the reason is, is that in the house rules, which no one reads, uh, <laughs> when you bet a over under win total bet, uh, there is a stipulation that says the team must play all 17 games, right? Which you know it it, it makes sense, right? Like you're 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 making these bets, assuming the full season is going to get played, right? Um, and but however, uh, the Bills and the Bengals both went over their total by multiple games already, right? You know, entering the last couple weeks of the season, they were already over those 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 win totals. Uh, however. Some sports books are sticking to those house rules and saying these bets are void. These all bets are getting refunded if you bet uh, over or under on the Bengals or the Bills because that stipulation was not fulfilled. And uh, as understandably, people are very upset because that Bengals Bills games had absolutely no effect on on the result. Like they were, it was over already, but yet they're not going to get paid on it. Uh, and so I don't know, Luke, what, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I look, I, I kind of, uh, a lot of people have asked me about this story. It's ironic that, you know, everyone loves to bet over. So, you know, there was a quote by Chris Andrews at South point saying like, Oh, we had, we had similar action on both sides. That is such garbage. <laughs> I will never believe that he's, he's trying to like show that all like, you know, we're, we're making a decision that doesn't, uh, totally hurt our bottom line. I don't believe that for a second. These two teams are super public teams. Public loves to bet the over. I am sure they had heavier action on the over than the under. Um, so, but I get it. The house rules say you got to play all the games. So we're going by the house rules. It's just a little bit ironic that in this situation, it has uh, behooved the sports books to void all of the bets when I am quite confident they would have lost money on the, on the Bengals and Bills win total. I'll I'll push back on that for a second because what ends up happening with these win totals, I, I agree with you that 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 people bet the overs, but then the overs get juiced. Like the overs will be like minus one sixty, sure, and the unders will be plus one thirty, and so yeah, you're getting more you know dollars on the over, but yet the, but the payout is lower than on the under. So I mean they, they do a pretty good right. job. Of, I mean like I would expect those are balanced. Like that's what you do when you have a two sided prop. You try you know you try and you've you know, months to, to book it. Like you try and get that as, as even as possible. So uh, I, I would agree. I'll probably agree with him that like, it's not, they're not doing it for the bottom line. Uh, my pushback is look, if you had under 
on Bengals or Bills and it was a loss, would people be complaining? Like, do you think people who bet the under and they didn't get their money back would be like stomping at the sports book being like, I need my money back. They didn't play that game. It's like that game had no effect. Like my, my, my other question is like, who would be mad if you paid the winners? Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I, that, that, that's the point. Like, it's like, there's, I, I get, I'm a big, you know, like believer, if, you know, if there's rules, you got to follow the rules. I get that. But like this, there's, there's like following the rules. And then there's like, just, I don't know, the spirit of the rule. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like, given the fact that both these teams went over their win total um, by multiple games, it's that, you know, like you, you should you pay a payoff the winner. Like no, like no one's going to get mad if, if, if you yeah. do that. So, um, but uh, this whole story did remind me of something that happened uh, in the, the early days of prop swap uh, in 2016. Um, so uh, a customer came to us uh, with a with a uh, ironically a Bengals over win total bet, uh, and it was it was about early December uh, mm-hmm. I want to say, and I think he he had like Bengals over seven and a half wins, and they had just gotten their their eighth win. Uh, the bet was uh, I think it was like three thousand to to win three thousand. So the the ticket was worth six thousand. Uh, and so the other thing about win totals is that, and and I guess for this very reason, what we just saw uh, this week was that. Uh, sports books don't pay these bets out until the end of the season because they want to make sure that all the teams play all the games. But um, I think at that point in time, like no one could recall a time when a game would get canceled. So this person comes to us and says, Hey, I've got this Bengal over wins ticket, collect 6,000. It's already a winner. And um, I need the money. Uh, and it was, it was a little sad because he was like, uh, I think he said, Kino got the best of me and I need some cash to buy some Christmas presents for his kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, we're, we're, we're a marketplace, right? So yeah. um, we, we found him a buyer uh, and it was, it was funny because we were, we were sourcing bids for him and we couldn't believe how low the bids were. Like we would reach out to some people and they would be like, oh, I'll pay like 5,200 or 5,300. We're like, this thing's a winner. Like, you know, you, you can't wait just a month to get paid a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, the, you know, we were like, the only risk is that they don't play all the games. And like, when has that ever happened? Uh, and so I, I believe we found him uh, like basically what, like 5,600 or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so someone bought that and uh, waited a month to make four, 400 bucks. But uh, it's just ironic that, um, you know, the only the only risk in that bet was 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 for someone for a team not to play a game and, and that's exactly what we saw this year yeah i mean look the the buyer in that situation made seven percent on his money um you know just for paying him early like annualized that's 85 percent per year like wall street scratches and claws to make seven percent annually this guy's making seven percent in a month um so from the buyer's perspective like it makes sense and then from the seller's perspective i get it as well like we talk about this all the time like the value of prop swap is liquidity and on wall street liquidity is everything in every other asset class like if you can get cash early and deploy it into other assets or in this case other sports beds like that's very valuable so i, I you know I, I hear you it was definitely sad that he was going to go buy christmas presents for it but still like if you want to go borrow money from a hard money lender like they're going to charge him way more than that so um it it made all the sense in the world for all parties and yeah that was that was literally like 2016 prop swap and here we are in 2023 so um startups take time is the lesson <laughs> it's uh you got to keep keep grinding but i think you know investors with prop swap and customers and that look like this idea makes sense and um both parties can benefit in in situations like that 
Yeah. Uh, I remember we, we, we told that story to uh, a, uh, a friend you knew who he was on TV. I think he worked for Bloomberg. Uh, and we told him that story. He's like, oh, he's like, you guys are like payday loans, but for degenerate gamblers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Um, Corey, Corey Johnson is his name on Bloomberg. He's since left. But yeah, he was a big, uh, big anchor. Uh, that's right. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess just always bear that in mind. If uh, if if you're looking to buy a season win total bet on Prop Swap, that uh, the, if the game gets canceled, uh, it that that is the the one and only downside risk to uh, to the free money. True. I guess you know nothing nothing is actually free. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the other major story coming out of the last week of the NFL season, uh, the Packers eliminated. Uh, they were on a five game win streak. Uh, heading into Sunday Night Football, they were playing the Lions, uh, who at that point in time already had been eliminated. Uh, I was actually watching the as soon as Seattle won their game and Detroit was eliminated, money just started pouring in on the Packers. Right, everyone is like, the the Lions have nothing to play for. The Packers are just gonna you know walk right through. You know maybe they're like you know the NFL wants to see Aaron Rodgers in in the playoffs, uh, and that was not the case. Um, uh, the Lions came out and played a, a great game on the road in Green Bay uh, and uh, bringing the, the Packers run to an end. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, we talked about last week just this crazy rise in the odds uh, for the Packers win the Super Bowl. Um, at, in, at the beginning of December, so not that long ago, but right before the, the win streak started, they were 280 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. They get on this hot streak. Everyone's like, you know, Aaron Rod- you know, you you don't want to see Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh and by the start of the Lions game, they were down to twenty seven to one to win to win the Super Bowl. So that means if you bet a hundred dollars on Green Bay at the beginning of December and you sold that ticket last week, you would have made you would have sold that ticket for a thousand dollars. So you would have you know, uh and so I I made the comment that like, you know, Anyone holding a Packers ticket, you know, you know, is eliminated except for those who 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 cashed out. So, um, just another example of something in season, right? It can't it doesn't have to make it to the playoffs, but you can play some of these waves in season, right? Maybe looking at the schedule. Um, obviously, they were they were. I thought they should have lost that game to the Dolphins uh, on Christmas, but uh, we didn't know at the time that two I think was playing uh, concussed in the, in the second half. But there are these little kind of sprints during the NFL regular season that you can kind of get in, get, get and get in early and get out. I mean, and that's literally the the uh, the reason why we, we we do stake or swap. But um, you know, I think people, if you were smart, you 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 cashed out on the Packers during this run. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know one of the my takeaways, and we talked about this in our in our group chat over the weekend, is like it's just very difficult to bet on motivation. It's like these guys are pros. The Lions are professional athletes. They're literally the cream of the crop. They're one of the best athletes in the world. Like even if they have nothing to play for, like they're still freaks. They're still going to go do their job on a Sunday night, you know, and especially to knock off their divisional opponent, like uh, a, a team that's been dominating their division forever. The Packers have been. Like I I get it. So. Um, Jamal Williams is a treasure. I still have no idea what he said, like multiple times in the intro and in the post game. Like he seems like the absolute man. Like he just likes to play ball and, and play Pokemon. But, um, yeah, he's, he's something else. Really, really funny guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you brought up the, the, the divisional aspect, right? To- totally agree. You know, like every, the, the final week of the regular seasons, all divisional games, they're all rivalries. You know, these are 
teams you see twice a year. Uh, and then the other thing that I never understand is when people say that players should be losing games to tank for a draft pick. Like, I never get that, right? Players, it, it, it all appears on film. And so, you know, players, the one every other team watches the film of every other team and you don't want to put out bad film yeah. so that a team doesn't want to sign you or, you know, you're up for a contract. Like uh, the, the players aren't going to lose a game or play poorly so that some, a, a draft pick can come and take their spot. Right. So, uh, you know, everyone was saying that for the Texans, like, I can't believe the Texans didn't, didn't throw that game. It's like the Texans players, you know, are, are trying to put out good film for that, for that next team. Cause they're probably going to be playing for, for a different team at, at some point in their career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was a weird situation. Like to me, and of course, Lovey Smith has now been fired after one season. And there was this like infamous meeting that him and McNair had last week. That was like apparently highly publicized. Like did McNair tell him to lose this game and he refused? Like, I agree with you. The players, players don't tank. I agree. 99% of the time, players don't take. Maybe there's, it's like totally orchestrated where they're throwing a game, but like for the most part, that's a coaching slash management decision to lose games. Mark Cuban was was fine for, for tanking, for informing the, I think it was Carlisle at the time, like telling Carlisle to like throw games when, uh, as owner of the Dallas Mavericks. So like it, it happens from management, but I agree. Like I don't think, I don't think a Jamal Williams or Goff or, you know, um, you know, I'm on raw. Like those guys, I don't think those guys are tanking games. Um, they, they wanted to win. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally agree. It's a, it's a coaching and GM move, uh, and look no further than Chicago who, uh, they started Nathan Peterman right, and exactly. then brought in Tim Boyle. It's like, that's, if you want to lose a game, you just, you take out the starters, you put in the backups and you just kind of, ex- you just expect that the backups are going to do, uh, backup things. Uh, I, I tweeted that, uh, uh, Matt Eberflew should get a coach of the year consideration for, uh, for, you know, throwing in Tim Boyle there, uh, you know, to, you know, mid, mid, mid game. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think that that's the proper way if, if a manager wants to tank, but, um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Kind of, kind of crappy situation for Lovey where you're, you're given a, t- a horrible team, you know, and then you have a, ba- you have a bad season and it's like, yep, you're out. Yeah. There's, there's some minority rumblings there of like, you just did that to hire a minority and like show that's on your record. I, I don't disagree with that, with that notion, kind of a weird season in Houston, but yeah, I mean, all in all bears get the number one pick. We're, we're happy about it. I certainly am as a bears fan living here in Chicago and we'll have met much more, uh, draft outcomes to dissect as that draft approaches we i'm stunned at how many people bad in the nfl draft but like there's kind of like a football lull there and like everyone wants to like get involved for the you know the upcoming season so there'll be a it'll be a really fun draft night and we'll have plenty of props for sale and on props up as that approaches yeah um and and you can even get involved now uh the sports books uh have odds on who will be the, the number one pick uh yeah. and bryce young and cj stroud are the top two favorites which in my mind uh, basically, you know, means that the Bears will be trading that pick. Um, I think Jalen Carter, who uh, I think is a very strong candidate, uh, if the Bears do keep the pick, is five to one. So uh, these are all things you can get involved with now, and I'm sure uh, more and more props will will, will start popping up as uh, we get closer to the draft. Um, but uh, playoffs about to begin. I'm I'm extremely excited. Uh, and with that, it is now time for stake or swap. <laughs> First up, we will be talking about the San Francisco 49ers. 
currently five to one to win the Super Bowl, uh, being led by, uh, as we've talked about, Mr. Uh, irrelevant Brock Purdy. Uh, Luke, we'll start with you. Are you staking or swapping the 49ers? Yeah. So like you mentioned, um, this team is five to one. So I am going to swap the San Francisco 49ers um, going into this week. They are five to one at Caesars plus five fifty at a ton of books, like literally five fifty across the board. But to your point, five to one. And I think if you sold it on props up, we have we're live in California. So you might even be able to sell this thing at four to one. So to me, like, gosh, I love Kyle Shanahan. Bosa's an animal, like Christian McCaffrey's a beast, but like I just the number's so low for a team with the the quarterback that just like he's a first year quarterback. Like I just I can't get behind that fact. This is such a quarterback driven league. Like you need quarterbacks to be successful in the playoffs. Like I just I can't get around that number just being so low. So, you know, they're I'm sure I'm confident Seattle will win this game. Seattle's not a slouch. Seattle has been. I mean, mean, Seattle will lose the game. Yeah. No, I'm saying, I'm saying Seattle could beat the Niners this week. Like there's, it's possible that they've been upsetting teams the entire season. So um, like that is not a gimme. They've, they've been doing this all season long. Um, So it's possible. And then to me, this is a Lane Johnson bet. Of course, you know, we're friendly with him, but like, I just, see if he is healthy and it seems like he's healing that you got to go into Philadelphia and play the Eagles. So at that point, let's assume the Niners win, they win again. Then you got to go into Philadelphia for the NFC championship. What are the odds at that point? They're going to be a dog, right? They, there'd certainly be a dog in Philadelphia. So like their odds to win the Super Bowl will probably be like plus two fifty, maybe even still three to one. So it's like, you just have upset risk this weekend and next weekend and if I can sell my ticket at four to one, they're going to be three to one going into the NFC championship in Philly. Like I just, I got to sell that ticket. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I would swap the 49ers at, at five to one as well. A couple reasons. One uh, history, right? As you mentioned, the just history just tells us that a, a rookie quarterback uh, cannot, cannot win the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, you know, the, there's, you know, there's a there's Brady, there's Roethlisberger, but like besides that, like there's going to be pressure points where this guy is just not not used to, and especially on the road, like on the road in Philly, you know, if everyone's healthy and uh, uh, on the Eagles, like that's just a super tough spot. Uh, the other history I'll point to is Kyle Shanahan's history in in big games in the playoffs. Uh, he's a great coach. I think he should win Coach of the Year, uh, but he has kind of shown uh, time and time again that he is not the best play caller uh, in, in the playoffs. And so you got a, a rookie quarterback who was completely relying on, on the play caller. And you got a guy who has uh, kind of blown multiple playoff games with uh, in, as, as an OC and as a, as a head coach. Uh, those are not great indicators, uh, but I, I do love that team. But I, and I can hear 49ers betters saying this right now. Listen, they're going to beat the, they're going to beat Seattle. I'll just wait to the next round. That I, I can I can hear him right now saying that yep. I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna wait I'll, I'll wait to the next round you know I'll, I'll wait till the NFC Championship game. Here's the thing, right? The 49ers are a huge favorite against Seattle, right? This five to one price that that sports books are hanging right now that is basically assuming that they are beating Seattle, right? The 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 ticket is not going to go up some drastic amount <laughs> when they beat Seattle, you know, by by double digits. Uh, and minus 550 money line, just throwing right. that in. Yeah. yeah, minus 550 money line, right? It's not going to go up some dramatic amount, maybe four and a half to one, four to one. Uh, and of course, you always run the risk of, of, of injury. So, um, you know, I, I think now would be the time to cash out uh, because, like you said, it's it's not, you know, the 
they're not going to even be that uh, that big of a favorite going in, you know, uh, to win the Super Bowl when they when they go into to, to Philly if they do. So uh, I would say five to one is a is a great price to uh, to sell at right now. Um, moving to the other side of the bracket, we will talk about the Cincinnati Bengals for uh, yet another time on this podcast. Uh, currently seven and a half to one to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I will go first. I am swapping the Bengals. Um, I, I feel like the Bengals are everyone's like quote unquote trendy pick right now. Uh, even, you know, and to the point where it's like not so trendy anymore, but everyone's like, yeah, I'm off the chiefs. I'm off the bills, the Bengals, man. Uh, and I get it. Like you, you saw Burrow do magic last postseason, and they've been playing well, but you know, everyone's just assuming that they're going to, they're going to just basically just keep, you know, keep rolling from, from where they were last playoffs. But a couple things, one, uh, so they play the, the, the Ravens round one. Uh, we don't know if Lamar Jackson is playing, but let's just say he is playing. Has there ever been a Bengals-Ravens game that, like, decided by like, less than three points? Like, these games are always close. They literally just played each other last week, and I'm pretty convinced that Harbaugh knew they were going to play each other and, didn't and like, purposely, like, didn't show them all they had. Like, they were fine losing that sure. game, uh, and they did not put out their, their best game. Meanwhile, the Bengals really wanted to win that game because they wanted to avoid that kind of ridiculous coin toss uh, uh, situation. So uh, I'm, I think that game's going to be extremely close. Uh, you know, again, assuming Lamar's playing, even if Huntley plays, I think this game could be close, but let's just say the Bengals do win. Then they would have to basically go on the road to Buffalo, uh, which is an extremely tough place to play. Assuming maybe. Buffalo, yeah, assuming Buffalo beats, beats Miami. Uh, and then if they win that, then they would go on the road to KC, which I realize Cincinnati has had uh, Casey's number over the past couple seasons. But again, these are three really tough games, and, and they're seven and a half to one right now. Uh, and then just a couple other things. Uh, one, they are, they're banged up on the offensive line. Uh, the, their uh, right tackle, uh, Collins, and right guard, uh, Kappa. Uh, Collins is done for the season, and uh, I think Kappa is also going to be uh, out for this game against Baltimore. So basically, their entire right side of the line is is, is decimated, which you know against a good uh, Baltimore defense. Uh, and then last thing I'll say is, so uh, this, this came to my attention last year, um, and someone brought up uh, the stat uh, yards per attempt. And last year, Joe Burrow ranked first. And it was and like it was it was kind of crazy like when you compared Burrow to all like who else was up there it was like all you know great quarterbacks uh, last season and it was like here's Burrow who came out of nowhere uh, and he was leading the league in in, in yards per attempt uh, this year Burrow ranks uh, number eleven in 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 the uh, in in the league so uh, I just feel like everyone's assuming the Bengals are going to kind of recapture their playoff magic last year and I think this is a great time to fade the public. So I will be swapping the Bengals at seven and a half to one. Yeah, I get that. Um, super fair points. I would add one more point to your your argument. Bengals are 29th in rushing this year from a yardage perspective. Like that, that worries me. Um, I, uh, so, however, I'm going to stake the Bengals, and here's why: simply because I'm getting. So to be fair, yes, they are plus 750 in some books. They're also plus 850 in other books. So I would be staking at 850, and here's why. The Chiefs are plus 350, and the Bills are plus 400. If I can get almost more than twice my money on the Bengals, I'm going, I'll am going. i take that 
just because there's a shot they beat the Chiefs and the Bills. I agree. They'll certainly be an underdog. But if I'm getting twice my money and, you know, I, we'll talk about um, home field advantage next week in the playoffs. It's actually not as steep as one might think. Um, it, it, you know, it's, uh, it's um, removing the double digit point spreads in weeks like this where, you know, the like we just talked about, the Niners are 10 point favorites versus um, versus the Seahawks. But like in close games, home field advantage isn't that relevant in the playoffs. So I get twice my money. I'm betting on the Bengals. And like I've said this all year, I just I continue to not trust the Bills. I, I I trust the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs beat the Bengals, but I just continue to not trust the Bills. I'm just worried about their consistent rushing attack. Their defense is fine. It's not elite. So I just I will I will continue to stake the the Bengals simply because I get twice twice my money instead of the Bills or the Chiefs. Okay. Um yeah, I mean look, Bills are four to one, uh not a ton of value there, but uh I will I will say this. Uh, I mean I think the Bills are due. I think they've had a couple crushing playoff losses. I yeah. think that really stuck forward. And um I I you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but I think this Damar Hamlin thing could be a huge, huge motivator. And I know it's not, you know, not something like, you know, it's that you can really quantify, but uh, I saw that Hamlin is traveling back home to Buffalo. I'm not sure if he's going to be in attendance, but I think this could, that could be a, a huge, just, I don't know, a, a huge thing that for, for the bills. Uh, I mean, that, that opening return, the opening kickoff or touchdown yes. crowd was going crazy. Uh, and cool. so, Oh, that 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 is something that I just wanted to throw. I mean, me this is me personally. I think the Bills that would be my pick right now for the Super Bowl. But um, but again, four to one, you know, maybe not a, a huge amount of value to to bet on. But I uh, just wanted to throw that in. Um, so that will do it uh, for this week's episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.